Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Kernels of Truth brought to you by Progress Kentucky. Uh, very exciting show for you this week. Of course, it's it's always an exciting show for you uh, this week. But uh, really excited to have uh, the Democratic candidate for Secretary of State, former state representative and former labor leader, Buddy Wheatley. So we're going to discuss his vision for voting across our Commonwealth and why his opponent, Republican Michael Adams, might not deserve all the nonpartisan kudos that he seems to be accruing. Uh, we're going to, of course, cover some breaking political news out of Kentucky. Uh, we're going to touch on a couple of stories that um, actually involve a couple of our former guests. So some people we really like and want to support. Uh, and, and really, we're going to call out with a close out with a really important call to action and something we want you to put on your calendar, especially if you're in central Kentucky. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Uh, but first, uh, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? Folks, we know our state is deeply red. We've got a GOP supermajority that seems to be committed to moving us backwards on issues that we all care passionately about, like LGBTQ plus rights, uh, BIPOC visibility, women's rights. They want to erode the sanctity of our voting process through gerrymandering and weaken the ability of unions to collectively organize for better pay and better working condition. All this is happening, right? Uh, but we've got critically important elections coming uh, coming in November. So just under 100 days from now, we're going to pick some really important leaders for our state. And if you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, please join Progress Kentucky. Support our campaign to turn our Commonwealth purple. Make a donation at our Secure Act Blue website. Uh, we are right now planning our election campaign launch uh, so, so we can push back against the hateful liar Dan Cameron. Uh, and we're going to need resources, things to money, folks. We're going to need money to print flyers, to pay for texting platforms, to promote our efforts on social media and digital ads. So please, if you want a uh, purple Kentucky and, you know, Red, purple, blue. That's kind of the, you know, where we're going with this, right? Please do make a generous contribution on that Secure Act Blue uh, server right now. Uh, all right. So let's check in with our co-host. Let us know who you are, where you are, and what your protest sign says today. Uh, and you there on the internet, you can also play along. You can put uh, what you're protesting, what you're fired up about right now, put it in the in the chat while we're sharing ours. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm coming to you from uh, Childsburg, a lovely deed-restricted community on the outskirts of Lexington. Uh, and let's see, my sign today says, uh, gay coal miners, it's the end times. <laughs> so that's what mine says. Um, all right. Let's check in. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kimberly Cecil Jones, are you there? I sure am, Aaron. How are you? How is everybody doing? I'm coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky, and it may look a little different because I'm still at work. Um, well, my sign says today, I need a raise, uh, Aaron, but no, not real. No, 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 no. I'm just, just joking. Uh, my protest sign says today, Mitch McConnell needs to step down. Mitch McConnell needs to retire. Yeah. I love that one. Uh, he will not. I'm sure the man will die in office. He'll probably die at a press conference. Uh, sorry, that's, that's not funny. I shouldn't laugh about that. But yeah, we covered a little bit of it last week, the freeze, as we were doing some other stories, right? Doug had, a, uh, had some... Uh, 
good information about how he's, you know, funding the GOP or corporate donations are funding the GOP here in uh, in Kentucky. Uh, at the same time, we were getting ready for that story. <laughs> he was breaking the internet with the weird video of him freezing. So yeah, you know, uh, the guy needs to step down for sure. Uh, all right, uh, all right, uh, and then finally, uh, our third third co-host, uh, Nima Nima Brewer. Are you there? I'm here. And just under the wire, and I'm apologies for not having my professional lighting crew in here or my makeup crew. I know that you guys are very particular about that. But my sign today says. Nice. <laughs> Union, yes. Yes. And, and, you know, if you've been following the shenanigans. Uh, in Fayette County, uh, obviously, uh, we have uh, stirred up, uh, ruffled some feathers. And, uh, but you know what? We're still here. We're still organizing. And honestly, guys, uh, th this is the way. This is the way forward. Uh, unions, if, for people who don't know, are probably one of the most uh, progressive groups as far as it uh, equates to equal pay. I'm talking to you, uh, Miss Kimberly. Uh, equal pay for equal work, and I'm and and when and we all know that when rank and file uh, has a voice in processes, procedures, policies, that everybody can rise uh, because too often in public education we just look at titles and not. Uh, uh, the uh, talent, let me say. And so it, it, it's time to listen to rank and file. You guys know I'm going to be pushing this all year. I apologize in advance. Not really, because I believe everybody deserves a union by God. And uh, it's time we start doing the work, y'all, because we it ain't getting any better for us working folk. And until we stand together, we're going to be stuck in this. So let's go. I'm union yes today. Nice. Today and every day. Uh, every day. For sure. 100%. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kimberly, you and Nima have to talk about what's going on in Macy's. And how I can look you up, Miss Kimberly. I'm just saying, let's talk about it. You know, I mean, we, you know, AFT welcomes all. And I'm just saying, I can hook you up. Yeah. I, I, I cannot be involved in that. I'm a Sally. Salary <laughs> management. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> You know what? Administration deserves a union too. I'm just saying. I'm I go for saying. that. I can't, but I can't back you because we don't take suits. But I'm just saying. And Annabelle, I saw your name on there, honey. I know. I know where you lie, girl. Get it. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I've never I've never been in a workplace that was unionized. I've never like unionized a workplace either so i guess it's on me uh my my daughter is a uh, lifeguard right now this summer and she was complaining about the working conditions and and so i told her well you should start start a lifeguard union uh, absolutely she's like i only have like two more weeks in my summer job i don't know that it's going to get done i'm like all it's right never bye. too late tell her Aaron. but i'll tell you this and this is the interesting and i've been thinking about this a lot because you know this is pretty much my job yeah it's your job now. I, well it's you know it's my life it's a lifestyle and so but i was thinking today about the amazon strike and about how christian smalls uh this is a man who 
nobody in established labor would have even shook a stick at to even think that they had uh, uh, any kind of power or influence, right? He's a frontline worker. He's tired of it. He, 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 he gets people around him because that's who he is, right, at his heart, uh, is a unifier. And so, you know, I was thinking about his whole role in the Amazon process and about how that really is kind of the way for labor right now. You know, these folks that everybody else have dismissed, you know, thought they were too radical, thought they were too crazy, thought they were too black, thought they were too this, thought they were too that, right? And look at him. And he won by God and they fired him and he still won. So to me, that's a message for everybody. Christian Smalls is amazing. He's an amazing new generation leader. We need more of him in labor, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I, I just wanted to tell you all, there are some very brave individuals right here in this mall, of which I work. I work at Macy's Oxmore here in Louisville. Um very, very, very big store. We have a furniture department and everything, okay? So um, right next door to us is the company called Lush. And I don't know if you all have ever heard of Lush. Everything is pure. They make these soaps and bath bombs, things of this nature. So out of all of the Lush stores all across the country and basically worldwide, the one here in Louisville has a union. And it was rough and there's only like maybe five of them that actually worked at this store and they went through hell but that one store is unionized and very, we see very, it very brave we, women very, it very is brave. when we see it miss kimberly in uh louisville with the coffee shops and you know and this is the thing that i've learned uh progressives love unions until one comes knocking on their door <laughs> and i'm gonna call them out aaron and, and miss kimberly you know i'm not, i'm gonna say it uh you know shame shame on them uh i wonder how many of them said christian smalls uh couldn't do the work and and he did the work for two years and you know that is what we need more of we need more people that aren't don't fit that mold you know, to say, you know, enough's enough, man, across the board. So, I, you know, you know, I could talk about this all day, but I know we got a show to do, but you know, this is my heart. And so, uh, you know, regular people uh, rising up. So, yeah, for anyway, sure. Done. Yeah. We, um, you know, folks missed it last week. We had Bill Londrigan on, uh, uh, AFL-CIO president. So I think there was a good conversation there about uh, some union stuff happening uh, in the state. He had a good kind of analysis of the Teamsters and UPS uh, piece that was happening. Obviously, you know, this is a really important time for unions. They were kind of at, at an upswell. Uh, but, you know, there's kind of critical time too, right? Because so many work places have decided they want to sign a union but we see amazon and starbucks absolutely holding out on negotiating a contract right and that is just so you know well in the courier journal i mean yeah. miss kim i'm talking to you up there in louisville uh the courier journal you know from my understanding the guild uh there has the numbers uh to negotiate and you know their mother co mother company is like nah and i'm like dude really 
Like, really? Like, you know, and my whole thing is this. Don't want a union? We'll treat people better. You can know? I, can I ask one quick question? Mm -hmm. And this may seem um, silly to some, but I don't believe any question is silly. You know, mm -hmm. how do people start unions? Well, I'll tell you, and that's a great question. Um, here's how you start a union. You have people like me or our organizing committee here in Fayette County and the statewide. Uh, we are statewide. Uh, we're focusing right now on Fayette County uh, because for obvious reasons uh, and for the reasons that Fayette County has been the most one of the most active counties during the walkouts of 2018, 2019. The thing is, is that how you start a union is, is you get a small group of people who are like, you know what, screw this. Let's start a union. Uh, and then you start organizing towards that. And then you, re you, you reach out to another union if you want to go that way. Amazon started their own, right? They, they built from the ground up. Uh, they did not affiliate with any known entity. Uh, and so what you do is, is you say, we would like a union. And let me tell you all something. Your employer cannot stop you from organizing and talking about a union. They cannot do that. That is illegal. And it's also illegal to pick favorites in what, who you want them to join and who you don't. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't know that, Miss Kim. And I think a lot of the reasons is, is that either they didn't grow up in a union household or uh, it's, just a, it's just kind of a foreign concept, right, where somebody can actually have a voice and it really matter. Um and so the way you start is, is that you form an organizing committee and you start gaining members and you join as an associate member of the union who is like, absolutely, we'll support you. And then what you do is, is then you go for what you want, the big ask, right? Our big ask in Fayette and with AFT 120 is we want a contract in every county. If Louisville has one, we should too, by God. And so that's how you start. And then you start building from there and you get support. And I'm going to tell you right now, every rank and file employee in public education right now and really in the state deserves a union. And no one should tell you who you should or should not join. And the other thing is, is that if you're working, uh, you're a member of another association or whatever. The other thing is this. Uh Nobody on rank and file side should be saying nobody deserves a contract, right? Because we would cover you too, Miss Kim. So let's just say that you're in Fayette County. You don't like me. You don't like my face. You don't like the way I talk. You think I'm this. You think I'm that. But the work that AFT 120 is doing is going to benefit you too. And I think that that's the thing that people don't understand. It's scary, right? They don't want to be with not in line with administration, but ultimately these are the things that we have the ability to do as, as individuals. And don't let anybody tell you, you don't have a say in your contract or in the work that you do because Ms. Kim, it's seven nineteen here in the big Fayette and I'm looking at you and you're still at work. Right. <laughs> That's well, my, because I'm a closer today. But my, I, my, but my question is this, how many, you know, like when's the work day in for you? You know, it's 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 it, it just it bounces back and forth. It's at the will of your employer, especially and, when you're salad. Oh, know. absolutely. And so that's the thing. Are we really their property 
or are we just an employee? And, you know, and that's the thing. You've got to value yourself before you start and know your worth. So awesome. that's what I'm saying. So I don't want to take up all time. I can have a whole hour conversation <laughs> about why everybody. Yes, you do, Nima. <laughs> you know, you preach, girl. You, you preaching over girl, you there. You know, this is my heart and um, work. You know, uh, when you are an executive of a company, you know, you can't even mention that, okay? I'm not trying to push the envelope any more than what I have on our DE&I initiatives for this Louisville store. And being the only leader of color puts a lot of pressure sometimes on me. So I got to fight what fights and the one I've been doing is not over yet. But no, yeah, I, I, I I'm excited. And, and we're going to talk, um, we're going to talk because I'm interested to learn so much more, but I know Aaron is ready to like, buy I know, I know. I'm kind of overtaking know. the whole company. Like, I just keep like in a minute, me. he's going yeah. in a minute, you know how he is, girl. You I know, know he's looking he at that clock. He's going to put us on mute. Just all of a sudden, you be talking to <laughs> You know, we well, we did people. we did have a run of show that had that had a few stories in it that I thought we might want to cover. So we got time. Yeah, we should we will move on to news of the week. Uh, Nima will be back. Nima will always be ready to talk about uh, union organizing, and you know I'm I'm here for it. Uh, but I did want to just point out we had a a big setback uh, today. Well, this week rather. Uh, on the SB 150 fight, so that the fight about the horrible anti-trans uh, healthcare bill—it's uh, you know it's not just anti-trans healthcare; it's anti—it's you know it's a, it's a horrible bill. It's an omnibus uh, everything they could throw in. Uh, you know what the GOP uh, supermajority wanted to do to attack our LGBTQ plus uh, community in Kentucky. They put it all into one horrible bill and, uh, and ran it through, uh, over of course the, the governor's veto. So, you know, that the, the, tr the trans healthcare piece, there were court challenges kind of, there was an initial, uh, ruling that, you know, stayed the enforcement of the healthcare provision that has now been overturned, and the an official uh, kind of the uh, official ruling, uh, the U.S. Appeals Court uh, allows Kentucky a gender affirming care ban to stay in effect for now. Uh, and this was, I think, a three judge panel, uh, and this is you know the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, you know, kind of following decisions that have been made in Tennessee. Uh, the plaintiffs challenged it. Uh, and asked for a temporary block. But again, uh, the court declined that. The panel of judges basically saying that it's not a slam dunk. Uh, they don't know that the plaintiffs will win their case. So, you know, the case will then kind of keep working its way through the courts, uh, which, you know, is, it's unfortunate. You're right. There's a real, uh, you know, toll on this legislation. It really is affecting people's lives and it's tragic. And it's also so just disgustingly political. Right. Uh, this is in the, you know, in the ads already. Right. So Dan Cameron, big fan of, of this this bill and wants to paint uh, Andy Bashir as like some kind of pro surgery for, uh, you know, trans kids and minors, which, of course, isn't something that was happening. The bill talks about it, but it wasn't something they needed to address because it doesn't occur in Kentucky. Right. That's not a thing that was happening. Uh, this bill blocked, you know, uh, 
puberty blockers and you know hormone replacement therapy both of which are you know reversible things that you know uh is a decision that should be made with the the, the family the the kids their doctors and this was of course this was the uh the approved and recommended treatment for trans kids right not not by me i'm not a doctor but the american academy of pediatrics american medical association they uh, endorsed this care which now folks can't get in kentucky because the gop supermajority knows better than the american academy of pediatrics and parents apparently so uh f those guys and now the judges uh you know have have, have absolutely passed on their ability to do something useful and block the enforcement of this this bill so uh, at any rate, yeah, Cameron is against parental rights, basically, is what it comes down to, I guess, in, in this case. Um, I don't know. Uh, Kimberly or Nima, any thoughts about this this decision uh, that we're dealing with right now? Nima's mute. Nima is mute. I know, and you know I've got a lot of thoughts on this because <laughs> I need, you know, I'm going to need a moment because here's the thing. What people don't understand about Frankfurt is that it's an onion that's rotten from the inside out. And every layer uh, that they touch is uh, corrupt uh, in some way, rotten to the core. And I'm going to say something controversial. I know y'all can't believe that, but I am. It's time uh, for folks uh, that are like-minded, like Aaron and, and Miss Kimberly and me and, and anybody watching or listening, to start really focusing on our local uh, issues, um, our local races, our count, our city council, metro council, whatever y'all call it up there in, uh, in Louisville. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Frankfurt's a lost cause. And it is so nasty and corrupt, and everything that touches it is part of the system, right? And they're and they're making decisions on people's lives uh, based on uh, crazy polls and the red meat that they throw out to people. Uh, first of all, this is not a way to govern. Uh, second of all, uh, everything is getting sucked into the into the controversies. So. Especially if you're a pub in public education, you should give a shit about what's going on right now uh, with SB 150. You should care because those kids walk through your doors and those families. And guess what? You have employees in the LGBTQ, a community plus community, right? And so what it has done is it's, it's another reason to divide. But what scares me the most, Aaron and Miss Kimberly, is this. These folks are coming from the bottom. They're coming from the school board races. They're coming from the city council races. They're coming from the metro council races. And they're building a bench of hate. And too many people focus on, and I'll be honest, right here, I'm, you're looking at one of them right here. For a long time, I focused solely on Frankfurt. I'm ashamed to admit I don't know what's going on in my own city council. Right? But I'm fixing that. But I'm telling y'all right now that if we do not shore up our most basic local level races and seats, we will continue to take a beating from the lunatic far right 
And we will continue to wonder how, why this is happening. And so, you know, ever they always say every, all politics are, are local. Well, local is not your state government. Uh, local is your uh, constables, your magistrates, your uh, city council. And until we start as Democrats, start building that bench from inside like that and showing the value of serving on your school board, uh, we're going to continue to take the beatings. And I'm just telling y'all, that is exactly what's happening. We got to pull I, ourselves out. I, I do want to make this point, though. Um, we have to fight really, really hard to keep the seats that we do have in the Metro Council. That's it. Um, Don't it lose is it. Right? very democratic at this point. We have a democratic mayor. We have uh, a democratic uh, administration. And one thing I can say right here on the local level, uh, just an example, uh, the Crown Act. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's the right for people to wear their natural hair. And uh, we do have that law in uh, the city of Louisville. But when those uh, kids who had been ostracized by teachers and administrators right here in Louisville, Kentucky, within the Jefferson County public school system about their hair, about locks and, and oh, it's too nappy and this and that. They have no other choice now, no other recourse, but to leave those children alone. But when they went to Frankfurt and a uh, big shout out to Congressman, our U.S. Congressman Morgan McGarvey uh, for pulling all of that together for those young kids that went to Frankfurt to plead their cause. Um, Frankfurt, uh, the Republicans, they weren't hearing it. So at a state level, we're right back to uh, someone of a different uh, grade of hair uh, will not get that job. They can be uh, judged upon the um, how they look. They can be judged upon uh, they didn't get a weave, a wig, or a relaxer, to, you know. So, uh, yeah, Frankfurt is pretty corrupt, but I just want to say this, and I know that we're going to move on because I'm going to segue into that. But, you know, their leader came down the escalator, and I knew it was going to be a problem. And now we are seeing finally the dial move somewhat on uh, former alleged president donald trump and what i mean by that is the the latest indictment that has come down and i've never as long as i lived and i heard uh, dl hughley talking today on the dl hughley show and he was saying you know man I, I i i know people in chicago and he said i know all kinds of people hood people and he said i don't think i know anybody that has 80 charges on them so um I want to segue, uh, Aaron, if I can, about the next story very quickly, okay? Is that okay? Please. What? We have, we've we gone long. Uh, okay. We have a, a guest who's waiting, who's a busy man. Buddy so is us... cool. I know Buddy. Buddy, know buddy is, is cool. cool. All right. And he's going buddy to says, win. Kimberly says, it's okay, Buddy. You hold on there, Buddy. So, <laughs> well, let's do this story because it, it definitely is connected, and I think it's important, and it's connected to what, a lot of what Nima just said. Okay, here goes the deal. Number one, 
it all started with Trump, I do believe. But what's going on at this particular time is very, very, very scary to me. And it's about Dr. Jason Glass, um, very much uh, a man of the people, uh, very much was into uh, education for every child in Kentucky, not one group, uh, but for every child to be educated in the state of Kentucky. But we have sad news to uh, deliver tonight that um, one of our favorite people here on um, Kernels of Truth, uh, Dr. Jason Glass, is moving on and uh, will not be staying here uh, and supporting the implementation. Look, I can't even get my words out. I'm just so shook about this, as they say. Um, He's not going to be here to champion and fight anymore uh, for Kentucky's anti and go against uh, the anti-LGBTQ plus um, and Senate Bill 150, which, of course, has huge ramifications. And I cannot stress that enough. Uh, extremely huge uh, ramifications for our kindergartners all the way up to our 12th graders. Um, and also for those educators as well. I, I'm really feeling my heart is going out to the children and to uh, all of the teachers and administrators uh, that support the cause and support children uh, all over Kentucky. And also it says here, um, it's a bathroom bill because uh, they're saying don't say gay, okay? Um, and forcing outing bills for teachers. And I just feel, and I know that you do too, uh, all of the listeners, all of the viewers, and those uh, that are on tonight, I know that all of us feel that uh, we want to support children, no matter where or whom they come from, and who gives a rat's patootie uh, who somebody really loves or or who they date or anything of that nature that does not cloud an educator's mind and it does not cloud a child's mind to learn. But I also found some things out that give us a little bit of hope and hopefully Aaron will work very, very hard to get Dr. Glass on the show again. Uh, he will be serving uh, his term uh, until September the 29th. I just want everybody to know that, you know, blood, uh, well-wishing emails, cards, things of this nature. That would be great as well. But his four-year contract was due to expire in September of next year in 2024. So uh, we're losing a whole year with Dr. Glass, who really believed in uh, what needed to be done here in Kentucky. Uh, also, the Kentucky Board of Education selected uh, Dr. Glass to be the commissioner of education for our state uh, during a very, very turbulent time. However, he had weathered the storm. And then Daniel Cameron, uh, the alleged <laughs> Kentucky Attorney General, he said, one down and one to go. So are the Republicans truly about our children or are they just really about power and money and uh, making everybody's life miserable because they must be miserable people. Happy people cannot do treacherous things to others, especially children. 
So only unhappy, hurting people uh, want to go and hurt other people. So uh, just keep uh, Dr. Glass and his family in your thoughts and send them a lot of positive energy. And you might want to send them a card or something like that because he gave us uh, here on the show, he gave us uh, something that I will never forget, his adamancy about this is not normal. Do not think this is normal. This is quite dangerous what's happening in our state when it concerns our children and even ourselves. So, you know, after the show tonight, take some time, you know, share this podcast tonight. It's very, very important that your family and friends hear and know what's going on. And now we don't have Dr. Jason Glass after September the 29th, which is very, very sad. Back to you, Aaron. Yeah, you know, it is definitely sad news. I think sad for our state, sad for education across the board. Uh, You know, he's going, I think, to higher education. He's going to be at the Western uh, Michigan University. But I, what I found remarkable is, A, that he went came on our show, right? But uh, but Willie got him on the show. He and Willie, I think, have a great relationship. And, uh, and the conversation was just so – if you haven't seen it, please go back and watch it. It's just a few episodes ago. But he spent a fair amount of time just watching and walking us through how tyranny, ex- how tyranny grows uh, in our country and, you know, really – you know, just eyes wide open about what he's experienced and how that is linked to, you know, the loss of our democracy. Like, you know, not to like put, put like, I don't want to sound hyperbolic here, but like we are on a slippery slope right now. And the fact that good people like, you know, Dr. Glass are getting sacrificed politically because of, you know, this ill-informed, uninformed, uh, just cultural warfare is, is staggering and it's unfortunate. And our kids are ultimately going to pay the price but, you know, ultimately our democracy might as well if we don't wake up here. So, yeah, Kimberly, good, good points on all of that. We do need to get moving uh, to our guest. So we are going to cut a story and move on uh, because, uh, you know, we can't uh, can't let this man hang around. He's got important things to be doing, but we're so thrilled and so excited to be joined uh, by the Democratic candidate for secretary of state. Uh, Buddy Wheatley returning to the show. I think last time uh, he was a, a representative, uh, and now he is running statewide for Secretary of State. Uh, Buddy Wheatley, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Aaron, and thank you for having me. And uh, seeing my friends on here is always a good good thing. Uh, Nima and Kimberly, uh, great to see you. So yeah, excited to be uh, in this race. Um, I'll I'll let you uh, guys go with some questions, but. Uh, you know, uh, it, it is uh, a very interesting time in Kentucky politics. Uh, what can I say? Fancy farmers in a few days. <laughs> Are you ready, buddy? I expect to hear some zingers, man. And I still have my Damon Thayer piece of shit uh, poster and my Tommy Bevan. If you need it, they're available, but I'll need them back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, be able to find you, Nima. I know I will uh, down there. So we'll we'll see. We'll keep that in the uh, in the bullpen. <laughs> Let's do a little like Kentucky Constitution 101, right? So, buddy, you've got an amazing resume. Uh, really varied. Really kind of uh, I think inspiring. So firefighter, fire chief, labor leader, lawyer, legislator. Now you're pursuing the Secretary of State role. So tell us, what is the Secretary of State? What role does the office play, and, and why do you want it uh, to do it? 
Well, Aaron, uh, thank you. Um, I, I want to tag in on the end of the last conversation where democracy is in trouble. Um, you know, I feel blessed to be where I'm at today. Um, you know, Secretary of State's job is about, he's the chief elections official in the state of Kentucky, but also in charge of the business filings, a very important and uh, under-recognized part of his position. So, um, you know, with the Secretary of State being in charge of elections, he is the chair of the state board of elections. And that actually is a recent, more recent redesignation because the General Assembly placed the Secretary of State back as the chair after they removed the Secretary of State uh, on, a, I guess, on a short-term basis. But uh, those are the primary positions, primary jobs of the Secretary of State. Now, if you ask the current one, he has no obligation to do much else, including um, voter turnout and civic engagement and all those things that I find crucial to the Secretary of State's job. But uh, that's uh, something that's a real difference between the current uh, Secretary of State and myself. Uh, well, I'll, I'll turn to my co-host for for questions. But one thing I did want to just point out, you know, you had you had recently uh, shared on social media uh, the idea that our Constitution does not force us to stop voting at 6 p.m. It allows for voting until 7 p.m. Uh, but if you know, as we all know right now, you you got you can only vote till six. Uh, what what's a path like? Why were you interested in that? And what's the, what's a path to make that possible? Well, well, thank you for bringing that up. That is one of many bills that I had as a state legislator um, and keeping our polls open until 7 p.m. It's right in our Constitution that we're permitted to do that. But we still close our polls at 6 p.m. We're Kentucky is still one of the hardest places to vote in the country. And we have some of the lowest voter turnout in the country. And there are reasons for that. We're so antiquated in our election laws. We're not, we have not modernized our election laws over the years. And one of the simplest things we can do and permit it per the Constitution is to allow our polls to be open until 7 p.m. Now, the amount of working families that can get to the polls when they're open till 7 p.m. will increase voter turnout. There's a lot more that's necessary uh, as we uh, weave this fabric that is voter turnout, but that's a big one and an easy one. Now, easy, you know, we have to be sure that we are not overburdening our county clerks, uh, both through costs and personnel. And we've got ways to work on that, including some federal funding that I'll be seeking. You know, the current secretary of state has said he's not going to seek any federal funding. Not me. If there's federal funding uh, available for opening our polls, having our polls open later or any part of elections, we'll certainly uh, be in the uh, in the hunt for it. Excellent. Uh, and then I want to throw it to Kimberly. Nima, I'm waiting for you. OK, I mean, Kimberly, yes, of course. But okay. Ooh, you know, I got a vote, buddy. You know, I got a vote. Ooh, that was chilly, chilly. Why, why is he calling me out? Why are you calling me out, buddy? He said he's waiting on you, girl. I know. I'm like, I, you know, I'm just, I'm out of my business, buddy. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And plus, <laughs> you know, buddy is my buddy. Uh, last time I saw him was at the uh, Wendell Ford dinner. You, you remember that. Um, and uh, I was the voice of the uh, event of that night. Remember how we did it? Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, buddy, when you become very secretary, much so, you did an excellent job. Well, thank you so very much. Um, I had to introduce him, y'all. I had to introduce him. So, um, the one thing I want to ask you, as Secretary of State, um, will you afford in your office and across the state uh, more information uh, and help to our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters, as well as uh, the Black constituency in Kentucky? Well, what I can, I'll speak to the black constituency first, of course. Um, when we have voter suppression, like we had in the 2022 election with the drastic reduction in polling locations, those drastic reductions took place primarily in urban centers and where it's uh, uh, some of the most difficult places for people to vote in the first place, took, taken away our neighborhood churches or civic centers. And that was a form of voter suppression, I believe, for our African-American communities. Um, uh, there are still, uh, Kentucky is still one of two states do, that do not allow former felons to vote at, at all. You know, uh, Governor Bashir has his, his executive order, but we need to make it clear by a constitutional amendment that says that our former felons can vote and of course, there might be some conditions on that, but uh, we have to re-enfranchise all former felons. And that, of course, affects our wrongly uh, overpopulated uh, prisons with uh, African-Americans. So um, I would say those are the primary things. Now, in the LGBTQ community, which our community, which I'm a big supporter of, of course, you know, there is nothing particularly uh, in our election laws currently in in the state of kentucky that prohibits anything now something that happened in the recent court decision uh supreme court decision with the alabama case uh which stated uh no i'm sorry with the dobbs case case which stated the the majority opinion did say that the rest of the uh privacy rights the other rights related to same-sex marriage and other other rights important to the LBGQ community were not to be affected by the Dobbs decision. Of course, we had one dissenter in that who didn't agree with that. And that is that person is probably the most uh, influential Supreme Court justice at this time with Clarence Thomas, who said, oh, wait a second. Those are areas that we might touch on at some point. So that gives me pause and a, and a concern, of course. But uh, right now, it's it's not on the radar in Kentucky. I'll certainly have my eye open for it. So I think I'm up next, buddy, according to Aaron. And, you know, and so I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. I'll be honest with you, uh, during COVID especially, I think there were a lot of Democrats, uh, me in particular, that were very appreciative of some of the things that uh, the current Secretary of State uh, implemented to open up the voting for us. Uh, and, you know, I think that he's been a little bit of a different kind of bird, right? Like he's, you know, he's been kind of a, a, a little bit of an odd bird. And so, uh, but part of me has, has enjoyed his swagger uh, against uh, the lunatics who have been saying that our, our elections were rigged and all this other stuff. 
So let me ask you this. How do you get the Democrats who were like, well, hell, he ain't as crazy as the rest of them, right? How do you get them to be like, listen, but he's still kind of crazy and we should vote for Buddy? I mean, you know, I'm pretty clear in my, in my decision. As soon as you threw your name in, I was like, well, hell, you know, I'm going Buddy Wheatley all the way. Uh, but but still, I think there there might be some kind of, you know, people who aren't political party animals, uh, you know, kind of like we are in this group who might be like, well, I mean, he's not doing that bad of a job. So what would you say to that, buddy? Well, you know, that that perception is out there. Uh, he's got this cutesy uh, social media presence and he's not the worst of them. It's a very low bar, Nima. And uh, the 2020 election is a good place to start. Uh, you know, the governor and the secretary of state were permitted by the secretary, I'm sorry, by the General Assembly to rewrite the election law rules. And our polls were widely opened in a way that they never had been before. And right after the 2022 election, all those access to the polls, positive things that happened went away. And then the 2021 General Assembly. And after that, we've had the opportunity to modernize and to do those access to the poll things that this Secretary of State has failed completely on. So we have not done anything. Now, we did add three early days of voting. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story about that. I was involved in some of the negotiations going on, going on with that that uh, omnibus bill, many election laws were, were dealt with in it. And we had two full weeks of early voting in that bill all the way up until a certain time when a certain uh, um, senator that you may have mentioned before said, uh-uh, we're not doing two full early weeks. And Michael Adams simply caved. And I think if he would have fought for it, we had an opportunity for it. There was other Republicans who were willing to fight for it, but it kind of went away quickly. We did end up with three early days. Hardly anything else has been modernized within our elections since that time. Now, there's this about Michael Adams. A lot of people are coming to understand. He doesn't really work full time in the secretary of state's office, or at least he's still a full time, full partner in an election denying uh, law firm that works outside of the state and for some very nefarious characters. And that's very disturbing. Um, he profits off of some of the lies, the election denying that has gone on around the country. That's what his firm collects, do, collects money on. And uh, that is starting to be publicized more. And hey, this is what I'm doing as, as a candidate, trying to uh, get my message out that this is the Michael Adams that's really there. He's a political cooperative. And he has uh, he works outside of the state. And of course, we need a full time, dedicated public service who will not back down. And I think that's Buddy. Weekly. I mean, I, I mean, I totally agree, Buddy. And, and I think that there was this kind of haze hanging over COVID where everybody was like, all of a sudden, everybody was a Kentuckian. Right. And we weren't just left or right uh, for a few months there. We had a nice sweet spot. And so I think that, you know, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, and I think that that's what a lot of people need to really focus on is, okay, well, this was this period of time, but really he couldn't have said there was fraud because everybody on the down ballot won. And so, you know, there's a lot of kind of 
you know, this uh, this kind of political uh, play going on. And I'll be honest with you, Michael Adams, you know, he does a decent job of uh, of playing that card. And so I appreciate you taking on this challenge. And I think this is exactly what your campaign needs to push home, especially with Democrats who are like, well, you know, and I think that what's happened in Kentucky is that we do say, well, it could be worse. What? It could be worse. I mean, seriously, that's the standard that we are living by. It's it's a very low bar. We know that. And yes, that kind of attitude, and it's not just Kentucky. You see that around the rest of the country. Uh, And and this is somebody, you know, look, look, uh, Kentucky's always behind. And we send the same person back into the Secretary of State's office who has really no responsibility, he says, for voter turnout and is hasn't really talked very much about what he's going to do in his next term. We end up doing a lot of the things the rest of the country is doing as far as the far right agenda. And Michael Adams, whether or not he'll be a part of blocking that or allowing that to happen, let's just say this, the ERIC system, which is a nationwide voter fraud protection system originally put forward by Republicans, but now Michael Adams is indicating he wants to pull out of that like many of the other far right secretary of states have done. And he's indicated he might do the same. Kind of scary. It is scary. So I, I, I'm on board. You know, I'm team buddy. Always been team buddy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That was a hard question. Yeah. And I think that's, Thanks, you know, that's, that's an important right. one, Nima. You're you're absolutely right. There are a lot of, I think, Democrats who aren't paying close attention who think he is like, oh, he's this bipartisan guy because like during COVID, he did the bare minimum. Uh, and as Buddy pointed out, the second they could, you know, jerk back as many of those uh, kind of pro-voting uh, reforms they had made, they, they pretty much all went away. And, uh, you know, but then if you look at it like, oh, under his watch, Kentucky got you better. Know, Aaron, if, I, were so bad, if I can right? add something on that. Go right if ahead. If I can add something on that, and this is, you know, I, I don't have direct proof of, uh, of certain things, but the governor and I met a couple times right before COVID struck the whole nation. And we did a video related to elections. We, we talked about many election uh, provisions that we had put in our own omnibus bill. And the funny thing is, is when we got to the COVID election, there they were. They were part of the agreement between Michael Adams and uh, the governor, Governor Andy Bashir. I just got a feeling that the governor played a large role in that. And of course, our secretary of state got some got some uh, some mileage out of it. But what we can see is since that time, hardly anything. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think as that point of like, you know, oh, well, he's not like Adrian Southworth, right? Like he's not like spouting all these like crazy claims. But the fact that he's going to go along with that wing of his party and pull us out of Eric, right, which is going to make our elections less secure, make voter fraud easier if we're not part of that. Uh, but he's so it shows he's being influenced by that by that wing of his party, which is, you know, a horrible step backwards. And he does this. He represents the Adrian Southworths around the rest of the country in his law firm. He profits off of that, uh, the big the big lie and, 
and what's happening with that and uh, other, you know, there are there are states. Uh, his firm is in multiple states around the country, uh, and uh, there are multiple uh, legal cases going on to the electors that were Ill- illegally put forth, and uh, that's what he's busy doing, uh, defending the far right, the, the election deniers, and um, people don't know it. We're trying to get that message out. Yeah, that's an important one. We did an episode on on when that broke. You know, we called it the Secretary of State's uh, side hustle, uh, which you know is definitely something that you know people need to know for sure. And we'll we'll share that again uh, in our notes. Uh, Kimberly, any final thoughts before we let this fine man get back to the campaign? Yes, trail? my buddy, buddy. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, the one thing that I want to say is um, I hope and I'm praying really, really hard that you win. Uh, we have to get Democrats back in these key positions. And our great governor has to have a team around him to get some things done. And one of the things that really, really concerns me is a lot of our young people, our best and brightest, uh, they're leaving in droves. They're leaving uh, the state of Kentucky because of the things that they've been doing in Frankfurt. So, um I wish you everything. I'll be sending some money. And um, I just think you're great. And uh, I'm just really praying and hoping. No, I need to echo Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly, I I, want to. Go for it, buddy. Sorry. Uh, All right, Nima. Um, Sorry. Uh, One thing I want to give some people a little confidence about. First of all, I'm in this all the way. I've run three state representative races, expecting to win by 10 in two of them, expecting to lose by 12 in in another one, and finished 10 points higher than what what all the experts thought and what their voter registration everything showed and what the voter turnout showed. I'm confident that I can do the same thing here. And this governor, who's been an excellent governor and has support on a broad basis, will lift others up. And if we all stick together, of course, we have to do that. And I've heard this in this show, how important that it is, and it is, that we have an excellent opportunity of lifting up some of these down ballot candidates. And with that, the governor will have true partners in Frankfurt on a statewide basis for four more years. Extremely important. I look forward to doing that. I look forward to everybody who's going to help, of course. And uh, we could all use the help. Absolutely. Go ahead, Nima. Well, I keep cutting you off. Sorry. No, I just wanted to say that I'm a huge Buddy Wheatley fan. I, I'm like Miss Kimberly. Uh, uh, honestly, I don't think there's a better human being uh, that I've met uh, as an elected. Uh, and you know, I don't consider you an elected. I considered you a representative, uh, uh, Buddy. So. Uh, that's a higher honor than I usually give most people. So I just wanted to say I appreciate you. It's been good seeing you on the on the Zoom tonight, brother. And, and we'll be in touch soon. I want to get you in front of some of our folks. All righty. Well, thanks again, Buddy Wheatley. Check out buddyforkentucky.com to go support the campaign. Uh, you know, every statewide election, they, they're expensive. Give the guy some resources, help him uh, get out there on the stump as effectively as possible. And, you know, if you're going to be in Fancy Farm, make sure you uh, you do all the right cheering for Buddy, for sure. Uh, but, uh, but you, Buddy, thanks again, and good luck on the, on the campaign trail. 
Awesome. So we got a little bit of a Thank lag. You all. Right <laughs> we got a little bit of a lag on our uh, internet tonight. Uh, but yeah, Buddy's a great guy. And again, glad to have him back on the show for sure. Uh, all right. So I think we've got an action alert we're going to do now. And uh, I don't know, Kimberly, if you can, if you, if you have that in front of you, you could do that. Or... Yes, I sure do, sir. Fantastic. I think that, uh, yes, I think it's really, really great. Um, well, we need you on the call to action. We need you to help ensure four more years of a compassionate Commonwealth. Give us your views uh, and work with us to expand the voter support turnout for uh, Andy and our great slate of statewide candidates. Join us at the campaign kickoff meeting on August the 19th at Pivot Brewery. We'll have uh, Representative Sherilyn Stevenson, Nima, Willie, and our featured speaker will be uh, my big sis, lover, 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 uh, Representative, soon to be Attorney General of Kentucky, Colonel Pamela Stevenson. And I just think it was a great show tonight, Aaron um, and Nima. Uh, thank you, Annabelle. Uh, and our great guest tonight, uh, Representative uh, Buddy Wheatley, who is running for our Secretary of State. I just think he'd be wonderful and great. I really, really do. Uh, so Progress uh, Kentucky is a nonprofit uh, organized and registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State and organized as a 501c4. We are affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, known as CAVE. And we are also proud members of the Forward Kentucky Network. Progress Kentucky's goal is always to educate you, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement here in Kentucky. Make sure to join us next week when we will be joined by, is this correct, Aaron? Hello? Yes, it is. It is? Okay. Because we had technical difficulties before, so I'm so excited that we will have Professor Brian uh, Clarity with us from Murray State University. We'll be talking about Fancy Farm, how higher end or higher ed is viewing the GOP war on woke and his take on the November elections. It should be a great interview and episode. I can't wait, actually. Production of episode 124, can you believe it? 124 was by the amazing young lady, Annabelle Nagel. And thank you, Nate, for the theme song. You can always hear more of his music on natosongs.com. And that is N-A-T-O songs.com. And if you miss our weekly live stream, look, I can't even talk tonight. <laughs> if you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook or YouTube, do not fret my pet because you can listen to us on audio podcast. And our show notes are available on Apple google spotify and wherever you get your podcast if you do listen to the to the pod please 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 i'm begging you begging you please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening right now the logo and some graphic content was provided by couchfire media check them out at couchfiremedia.com and you know what it's wednesday you made it through hump day only a couple of more days to go till it's Friday. So make sure you do something nice for someone 
uh, this week. Not only will it make them feel good, it will make you feel great. And same channel, bat channel next week, same bat time. And you know what? Have a great week and thank you for joining us. Thank you.